a podcast with just me now is uh, it's, it's it's too strong. We need something to dilute it. We need Thomas's gentle cajoling, Heather's acerbic wit. These things. <laughs> It makes the pH balance of this podcast a lot better. So. Ready to on cajole. the plus side, I can I can just ramble and ramble and ramble when it's just you and me. That's true, and you've missed two shows, so you kind of deserve. You know, you have to let us know what you thought of the last two episodes. There are some things I need to get off my chest. <laughs> All right, <No. laughs> here's your soapbox. You got you got five minutes. Go for it. No, they were good. <laughs> <laughs> No, but seriously, the last one I absolutely loved. Uh, Easy A for me. Uh, Really fun. Even though it wasn't like wacky or way outside of the box, I really, really loved having everybody uh, in the moving thing and everybody trapped in these weird circumstances. Wait, what episode are we uh, talking about? I have Annie's move. (laughs) Annie's move. Annie's move. The (laughs) The one before that, I legitimately can't remember what episode that was. So I don't know. I don't think it was a gay one, one. right? Oh, the gay one. Oh, yeah. No, that's no good. Um, Probably a D. (laughs) <laughs> that's no good that's no good <laughs> wow yeah not I don't sorry i missed w- that one <laughs> <laughs> heather was just like can we just get to the end can we just go right to the report card and end the podcast three minutes in no yeah we have to do our d- due diligence here man well anyways welcome back to community rewatching 101 this is our very first podcast so we're recording here in 2024 season three episode eight Documentary filmmaking redux or redo. I don't know how you pronounce that. I'm not French. I have no idea. Rado, maybe. Yeah, I remember growing up with Hot Shots part. Do. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. So I I was I paused. My mind kind of stuttered, and I went like, "What's the first one?" I went, "Was that referring to the one where?" Pierce is in the hospital and Abed's doing the documentary on him. Is that what it's, it's either uh, that one or like that third episode of the show that we all didn't like with Abed's dad, where yeah, Abed was making a film. Yeah, that's the one I thought of, but that wasn't. Uh, I yeah, think no, it's called sure. documentary filmmaking. So that's I'd have uh, to go back and check. But anyways, we won't. That's the kind of research you can expect here at Community <laughs> Watching One Hundred and One. That, that's our. <laughs> <laughs> that's our resolution this year we're just we're gonna get even lazier than we've been in the past <laughs> it's our commitment to you it we're sounds gonna, like too much work honestly i'm backing out uh <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be dean pelton when he's on the phone with louise guzman going i loved you in <laughs> imdb <laughs> <laughs> the look he gives annie is just uh so disappointed <laughs> so angry <laughs> Can you name any movies that Louise Guzman is in? And Boogie Mi- Boogie Nights doesn't count. Uh, that's the one. Man, <laughs> no. Um, top of your head, can't Google it. I can. It was in a TV show. Uh, he was. Maybe? He popped in at the end of. Uh, <laughs> he popped in at the end of the um, the new season of Justified for like a scene. Wait, I think did he really? Oh, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't get to watch that yet. Yeah. That's exciting. Al, I'm sure you can name some. You're you're always really good at that. You would think so, but honestly, Boogie Nights is the that's my go-to because it's one of my favorite movies. But uh I don't know. He's just he's around. He's been in a million things, you know. He's, he's, he's one of those guy. that guys. Yeah. He's yeah, you know that guy, right? He's he's been in all this stuff and uh I, I kinda wonder if this was like the apple or the I'm sorry, the chicken or the egg sort of situation. Like did they put him up there as a statue in season one because they had some sort of connection with the actor and he made made them some promise that someday he'll be on the show? Or did they just put it up and then roundabout kind of go, oh, by the way, we made a statue of you on the show. You kind of want to be in it? Yeah. Hmm. I just want to, I want the behind the scenes story there. I do too now. So, yeah, he's, he's a guy who's in so much stuff and probably most of it, most people haven't scene um i'm scanning through really quick because there's a lot of a lot of sequels oh he was in a show called community in season 2000 or uh, i already made that joke you don't get to make that again oh yeah fine beverly hills chihuahua he was the voice of chucho awesome he would make a good chihuahua i think that's good casting he's got a good voice he does Mm -hmm. for sure 
He was in a TV show called Louise, which I think was his show, huh. which lasted for nine episodes in 2003. Yeah, looking uh, back through, he's been in a ton of things. He's but The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Yeah, I don't think I you didn't want that watch on your that. Resume. <laughs> I'm just looking for anything like su- other than Boogie Nights, anything super well known that he well, you know, this- He was in traffic, that won Oscars. That's Punch true. Drunk Love, the Adam Sandler movie. Carlito's Way. Man, I've never seen any of these. Yeah. He's a... Uh, I'm, I'm, I also like to go all the way back and see, like, uh, the hard way. There we go. Crocodile Dundee 2. I remember him in that. Nice. <laughs> I watched that so many times when I was a kid. So he started back in 77. Wow. That was his first movie. Short Eyes. Anyways, oh, he hey, we're back. In, uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, he was actually in three shows I watched this past year. Justified, Poker Face, and Wednesday. That's prolific. Nice. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah, because right. he he's Gomez, Gomez, right? That's right. Yeah. They finally got a Latino Gomez. Go figure. Who looks like the original Gomez design, too, which I love. Like, squat, hmm. wide, kind of like this toad of a fig- figure compared to Morticia, who's super tall and thin and... Yeah, I, I love I love that casting. I think that was mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and the episode of Community, by the way, was the Pierce in the Hospital episode. That was intermediate documentary. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and Redux, of course, that's the joke because they did an Apocalypse Now Redux like 20 years ago. Oh, oh okay. I didn't. Yeah, the Flanches for Coppola recut the movie and they I re-released it in theaters. Yeah. Apocalypse Now Redux. Okay. I have it on DVD. Never watched it. (laughs) It's been a long time. It's probably been since film class because, of course, you have to watch Apocalypse Now and Heart of Darkness, which they (laughs) uh, rammed down our throats in this episode, which is the documentary based on Apocalypse Now. Do you think it was so much better than Apocalypse Now? Eh, It was was interesting. I mean, it's, it's one of the craziest productions of a movie, for sure. And the fact that they had somebody kind of recording it all made for a really interesting watch but no i'd probably still go apocalypse now but i don't Hmm. know but if i wanted the cool factor with abed i'd have to say the other one right so we know you guys are cool because you're listening to this show and you're going to be cool because you're going to listen to al as he gives us today's summary all right community season three episode eight documentary filmmaking redux written by megan gans directed by joe russo Greendale is updating its recruitment commercial, and Dean Pelton has been given the scariest thing you can imagine, total creative control. He drafts the study group to be the stars of the show, while Abed films a making-of documentary. But after the first day of filming, Dean hears that celebrity alumnus Louise Guzman is interested in making an appearance, and he is sent into a tailspin, inevitably descending into Hearts of Darkness-style obsessive madness. Jeff gets a starring role as the Dean of Greendale. He pitches up his deaniness to Eleven in the hope he'll be recast, but as the days drag on, art imitates life, and the role sends him inevitably descending into Hearts of Darkness-style obsessive madness. Annie, the Dean's script supervisor, is in charge of making sure that Dean's vision is executed perfectly. As rewrites Mount, however, she maintains her sanity by clinging to the belief that the Dean must be a genius, thus inevitably descends into Hearts of Darkness-style obsessive madness. Troy and Britta need to share an on-camera hug, but relentless retakes and criticism of their performance sends them inevitably descending into a Hearts of Darkness-style obsessive madness. Shirley gets several funny lines. Pierce refuses to leave his trailer until he gets catering. After discovering he doesn't have a trailer, he rents a trailer so he can refuse to leave. Sure that the others will crack first, he inevitably descends into Hearts of Darkness-style obsessive madness. Can Louise Guzman save the commercial and the day? Will Abed's making of movie get accepted as a film festival? Will our podcast descend into Hearts of Darkness style obsessive madness? Find out tonight on Community. Don't we always? <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason we end after an hour. After that, it's just a lot of hooting and uh, scary noises. So, yeah. So, um, <laughs> the the commercial for Greendale. Let's start there. The it's already commercial. perfect. Oh, it is. It, uh, it's so 90s. It's so early 90s. Who's everybody's favorite person? Oh, in the commercial, it's it's definitely Keith. Ap- I don't know how you say his name. Apicary? 
the, Which the one, one the, the, the one they're game? all mimicking. Yeah, the basketball guy with the thumbs up. You guys didn't watch that. He, he had. I don't think he still does anything on YouTube, but he was a big YouTuber and had um, that Neo Geo song. Neo Geo, Neo Geo, four bright buttons and two joysticks. Nope. No. No, this we have no context right now. This oh my gosh, you guys are terrible at internet. Well, after <laughs> he did a few, I things. watched Neon Cat. Okay, That's, I know my memes. Thank oh gosh, I've got to send that to you guys now. This okay. is sad. And then he started some Skittles commercials a few years after that. I just remember that because I was excited to see the Neo Geo guy in Skittles <laughs> commercials. It's such an amazing commercial. I love almost everything about it. We get we get a different Dean, by the way, Dean Bigley. And he's, uh, I love that he's surrounded by tons of chunky old office equipment. So that his computer, the fax machine, the telephone, everything's big in the way that it all used to be. And, you know, now you can register by fax. So that's, that's a plus. I like that he has those, like, um, those, like, like, was it perpetual motion balls or whatever they are that used to mm-hmm. sit on people's desks? Yep, the clickety clack oh, yeah. balls. Yeah, that's them. Yeah. That's them. My personal favorite, by the way, is the girl in the blossom hat. I think that's perfect. I had that hat, <laughs> except it had a sunflower on the front. <laughs> oh, I just get PTSD every time I see her. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I like age. the, uh, I don't know, the neon accent lines <laughs> and at the end. And they're, go, Greendale, go, Greendale, go. It's oh. <laughs> just, uh <laughs> That they could add that to every commercial, and it would just immediately highlight it. Shoot that dog, Thomas! Shoot it! Oh, you can hear that so, dog. Yes, yeah. we wow. <laughs> All co-hosts like do not co-sign the, the the opinions of some of our co-hosts. <laughs> our PR team better get on it. We are filming this inside a pound. That's what we like to do. Every every episode, we like to go somewhere on location. And Just adds to the atmosphere, doesn't it? Yes. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, what do you think about the commercial? I love it. Uh, it works for me. I want to go to Greendale now. <laughs> I love the the passing like the frisbee between them is like so cringe in a lovely way, and how <laughs> good. Uh, and how she says, so I can keep working and get busy with an education. Brilliant. Get busy. It reminds me of that episode of The Office where they're doing their own commercial and they're kind of doing the the paper. Like they keep handing off the paper, they make it into an airplane or they crumple it up and throw it and kind of that serves as a transition to the next person who's talking. I like that. That's it's it's clever, it's dynamic, it keeps things flowing. So yeah. So we go from that and then right into Abed doing this documentary where he's filming the study group and you don't quite understand until he explains he's filming the creation of this commercial. And I forget, is he, um, he's doing it because he thinks this will be like hearts of darkness, which I think is so on the nose. And I really like this episode calls it out twice. And at that point I'm like, Oh, dude, just let us figure it out. It's, <laughs> you don't have to say it, but, but Abed's, Abed's got some, uh, he's 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 good at predicting the future, isn't he? He knows what's going to happen. It's almost like it was written for him. <laughs> I like so, that he gives Pierce's uh, Pierce Hawthorne local curmudgeon. This is what were you saying now? Oh, just I don't know if anybody else felt this way. I got a little seasick watching that. Did anybody else feel that way with the shaky cam? No, I never have that happen to Like me. the whole episode or just like this one part? the whole episode, I was a tiny bit seasick. And mm-hmm. I never get that way. So I don't know what was going on there. I didn't feel it was too different than the other one they did, but... Okay. It could have been the cruise ship I watched it on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very local earthquake. We don't know. It is interesting that they never... Uh, or correct me if I'm wrong, they never showed who else was filming apart from Abed. And there were, were clearly like three cameras in every scene. Uh, well, there but... is a scene with Abed talking to the camera and there's a dude behind him with the mic yes. next to him. Uh, so I assumed yes. it might be like, he's one of the crew. So Abed's like got the a AV crew. team, right? Yeah, like I would assume. Good with the, that crew. 
Yeah. But it's and a good Troy, point because I thought about that too. <laughs> I was like, who's filming? <laughs> Troy's like, well, I like the old commercial. That was great. And Dean says, you know, I love being seen agreeing with you, Troy, but <laughs> 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 this is such a good Dean. Obviously, it's such a Dean episode. Uh, and- is it the most Dean episode? Yes, it might be. Even after be. last week, we got so much Dean last time, but now it's like, this well, is every flavor of Dean. We got double the Dean. Because we have double Jeff as Dean. Dean. Yeah. Triple Dean, really. Oh, yeah. that's true. Chang. How did <laughs> I forget Dean. Chang? Poor Chang. <laughs> Understudy. <laughs> my, one of my favorite things with Chang in this episode is if you watch him, especially toward the beginning, he's mimicking whatever Jeff does. So if Jeff's leaning forward, he's behind him leaning forward. <laughs> and it's all in the background, but whatever. You know, Chang's very dedicated to being the understudy. So perfect. That's, uh, it's perfect use of Chang. And we also get not only a lot of Dean, but we get a lot of outfits of Dean. And not his normal <laughs> crazy outfits. It starts that way, right? It starts with his riding crop and riding boots i love that old like 1940s director stereotype outfit he's wearing i'm in love with it maybe it's partly the boots yeah and you would think it would be uh, very wholesome but knowing the dean probably not um not with but then boots. it just he, yeah he gets more and more like he goes down to the second days like in the sweatshirt that's unzipped the hoodie that's unzipped and he's showing off his body i don't know it's weird and then um then he's like down to like uh you know a little tank top and he goes he gets more and more naked as the episode goes on until he's finally in just ashes and <laughs> by the end <laughs> so i don't know how we're supposed to interpret that just that's his you know descent into darkness coldness nudity brandoness yeah mm. Thought it was a really nice little sign of continuity that when they're filming in the cafeteria, there's some plywood and it says uh, fire damage. You know, stay out fire damage, referring to when Chang burned down that section of the cafeteria. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, geez, that's great. I think that may have been the first time I ever caught that, so I thought that was a really nice little touch. Oh, I also really like in the very beginning, he refers to the study group as Greendale's brightest, most coincidentally diverse Hispanics notwithstanding <laughs> study group. <laughs> Hispanics notwithstanding. Yep. What did you guys think of the, the reveal of Jeff as the dean? I was, I, I'm never prepared for that moment where suddenly he shows up. and It feels so much like that i mean this is this whole episode is of course a bit you know the office inspired but that that in particular feels exactly like jim like dressing up as dwight like and i think of that every time i see it it's just like and and suddenly jeff seems exactly like uh jim when he's doing the the to camera stuff uh but it's so weird to look at him He does a pretty great Dean. He really does. It's amazing. Yeah. He's got the, the movements down so I'm well. I'm a silly goose, Hong Kong. Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> and I love every time they... you see him standing, he's got his fist on his hip or yeah. in some yeah. other manner that the Dean always stands in. And I love that they, they came up with enough reason to, to let him give it his all throughout the whole episode. Like at first he's he's doing it to try and make it so over the top that it's annoys everyone and doesn't work and is terrible but then later on he's actually into it and he's like i am the dean now and really doing it so we get to see so much fun i've made bald friends (laughs) (laughs) he's been wearing that bald cap for like 13 days and he hasn't taken it off yeah yeah i I love that he does so over the top because he thinks it's going to get him booted right off and the dean just loves it it's like, oh, oh, hang on to that. That's gold. You know, that's magic. And Jeff is so ticked in that moment. I was like, well, what did you think the Dean was going to say? He's not self-aware. He's not aware of how bizarre he is. Right. So if somebody mimics him, he's just going to think it's amazing. So Jeff should have known that. And it ties in so well with the whole setup of like a terrible, you know, film production documentary 
which like you so many of them do have like some terrible performance at the center of it that everyone's just kind of going along with or ignoring and hasn't recognized no one's been able to say no or something and that's that's jeff in this episode what does jeff say i'm always willing to put in the extra mile to avoid doing some to doing something with someone Leonard's like, like sex with women. <laughs> Shut yeah. up, Leonard. You smell like Mithlemptus. <laughs> Leonard was what? great. What is that word, Mentholiptus? Mentholiptus? I thought it was like menthol, menthol, like eucalyptus. Yep, eucalyptus and menthol, I would guess. I, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. It sounds like it's something old people slather on them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't but know. Leonard is. He's breaking into the TV game because apparently it's sticking around now. (laughs) (laughs) What if it's still around in 30 years? Don't want to have missed out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Leonard, we should just be following you with the cameras. That's that's it. And he pops up briefly again uh, when um, Luis Guzman's trailer's coming in, which is funny. Uh, So many little pop-ups from characters we know, which is great. Yeah. Did you guys see uh, Magnum? (laughs) Yeah. Magnitude? Magnitude! Thank you! Uh, Somehow I knew what you meant, even though you said the wrong name. He doesn't talk, though. I I know, but he's doing the pop-pop. You see it. He's got all his energy into it. We all know what it is. We know what it is. (laughs) Pop-pop! They got got Fat Neil as as a book. Yes, a book reading a book. A book book. reading a book. (laughs) A book reading a book. And Garrett as... My favorite thing is motion capture. <laughs> I, I forgot what I am again. <laughs> What's he, a microscope? The microscope. Yeah, a microscope. <laughs> How does a microscope move? <laughs> well, clearly not no, like that. That's a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so much uh, of this episode just suddenly, suddenly showing like characters dress ridiculously or in some ridiculous situation and it's just so shocking and it's just beautiful i love it just this episode shocks laughs out of me so often and i was just the start to finish i love this episode oh spoilers (laughs) f (laughs) (laughs) yeah you should really try and trick us one day talk it all up and then in the summary just (laughs) I will because I know it messes with you, Thomas, more than anybody else. We can convince you. I'm just constantly writing down everything everyone says and trying to work out what 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 I should give it. <laughs> the three of us are going to have like a pre-show powwow one of these days. We're like, okay, we know this episode's horrible, but we're going to talk it up. It's going to be amazing, just so that we can like leave Thomas in the lurch and make him defend it, and then we'll just be like, "What are you talking about, dude?" I love that idea so much. <laughs> yeah. How many people you think would shut off the podcast 10 minutes in and then bombard us with angry comments about how we're so wrong? Pretty sure they shut us off a long time ago. We're just talking to them. How many more than normal? Yeah, that's a good point. So, like, you might get a person commenting. Yeah. Yeah. They said if if Heather's not doing her sexy Sputnik voice, then we're not here for it. Tell me about Sputnik Pierce. Oh, wow. (laughs) There, that'll bring him back for a little bit. Or Thomas doing his asthma or whatever. Oh, the asthma. Uh, My asthma is coming up. (coughs) My asthma is acting up. Yeah. I like when the dean is trying to give Shirley notes. And he's like, can you be more, more, more? And Shirley's like, the word he's looking for is sassy. He better pray you don't find it. I love that part. It's so true, like in our summary, that's basically Shelley in this episode, like a few great lines and that's her plot. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that happens a lot. <laughs> so, Poor Shirley. But, you know, they're great lines. And yeah, she does a lot with a little. There's so many people in this episode. It's I, I think if you really want to get up in arms that such and such isn't more represented in this episode, then you're going to be disappointed because they just, do a good job of getting rid of Pierce for the whole episode. So yeah. He yeah, hardly has to <laughs> interact with anyone else. And I remembered they've done that quite a lot lately. Like last time he was just left alone in Annie's flat. Like let's just shoot Pierce's stuff separate to everyone else. Look, he's like. an actor, not a circus freak. Okay. 
Yeah, and the fact that Luis Guzman's coming changes everything. And you see that in the Dean. He he would have been very content with a very normal, you know, whatever lame scripted commercial. But by day two, when he finds this out, he suddenly gets way too into this and starts just really giving everybody notes. And especially with Britta and Troy hugging. Dumb little hug scene becomes one of the funniest things in this episode. <laughs> As he says, what, I'm trying to pull a 400-year-old dagger out of this nation's heart, <laughs> and you two are hugging! <laughs> Why do you keep calling me different? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's funnier. You guys tell me, when they put the ropes on their arms to pull them to hug, or when they hug later on in the episode because they're upset, and then they shriek and pull away. <laughs> that <laughs> so one. Tired. I think I'm going with the ropes one. I just, the second I see it in their faces, <laughs> I, I can't yeah. go. And the Dean's still calling out something like, we're doing it for you and you still can't do it properly. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, those actors must have had a really fun day that day. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. going to be hugging an awful lot. And then it's really sweet at the end when they have a, a normal, natural hug. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe a little too romantic, but, you know, that's the show. But still, that was a nice little bookend. So I really like the visual gag of uh, the dean in his office talking about how the commercial going to be great. It's, here are the great – there's so many great elements. Luis Guzman is in it. And then they keep listing two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> Just silence. It's a wonderful gag. Yeah. And then uh, – when Luis Guzman <laughs> arrives and the whole campus is just like deathly silent, he has no idea what's going on. He sees the, the statue of himself. He's like, that's not right. Something about him just going up to the statue and just standing there near it kills me. Yeah. It's just so quiet. <laughs> I love when he's like, hello, it's Luis. <laughs> it's me, Luis Guzman. Uh, that's good. Oh, um, sorry, non sequitur, but um, is Britta like weirdly well dressed in this episode? I <laughs> uh, didn't think about that. I didn't. Either. Why? I don't know. Her eyes are like way bigger. I, I don't know. I feel like like her hair is really well done. She's in like a button down shirt. She's in like she's way better dressed than normal when she's just in, you know, jeans and a whatever t shirt she happened to pull out of the pile. Hmm. I'm a licensed mm. psychology major, and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Troy's wearing not quite a nice shirt here. Maybe everyone's well-dressed in this episode. Hmm. Maybe they have a costume budget? <laughs> yeah, the Dean's budget. And that yeah. was our segment we like to call Fashion and Community. Da-na-na-na. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess we could toss in Chang. I mean, his fashion is wearing... A wig with a bald cap over it. So he could be an understudy, but also Chang, but also he's shaved his head under that. I mean, that that's, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's dedication. It's he something. He really wants this role. For sure. Yeah. You mentioned this before, kind of how uh, Chang is like shadowing Jeff throughout the episode, but there's like the one bit with the one quick shot where, Jeff is just kind of pacing, like thinking about his character, his lines or something, and Chang is following him. Just is my favorite shot of the whole episode, and it's my favorite thing, and it's going to raise my final rating of this episode by a whole letter. Just that shot. <laughs> is it? Is it now part of Thomas's happy place? Yes, it is. So where you go? It's the power of Chang. Uh, it's so good. He's so good. Real. He doesn't... He doesn't talk a lot in this episode. He just It's more just this physical comedy, and he does so good. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's also kind of funny because Jeff almost never reacts to him. You think Jeff would be super annoyed that yeah. Chang is following him around, but just ignores him. I don't know what that is about. Maybe Jeff is just getting way too into his own role, which uh, is a possibility. That's what I was so. thinking. He's, he's too far deep into being the dean. Yeah. As, as Abed said, the Dean is going insane and taking you all with him. And Troy says, well, if you know that, then do something. <laughs> I am. I only have so many cameras. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Abed, Abed, this time around, I guess it's an interesting, you could compare this with his Messianic Myths episode, which is another one where the whole campus gets drawn into a crazy film production. And at that point, Abed's in the center of it, where it kind of goes off the rails. And this time, he just is observing, and he knows exactly where it's going. But he's going to get every every minute of it. He's a fly on the wall. Yeah. What do you guys think about, we haven't talked about Annie and her belief that the Dean is a genius. That's, I, uh, I think that's a really funny scene, but like overall, I was so impressed with how good Annie was this episode. I really enjoyed watching her break down. It's always a good Same. Time. I think my favorite Annie is Manic Annie, and this mm-hmm. is just great Manic Annie. And the fact that like she's always in the background, like working so hard, is so good and real as well. Like she's the one who's kind of making this all happen. And uh, you can watch her get more and more disheveled. Yeah, as the episode with, goes on with too. Pen, pencils and pens and markers all over her. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I the love the little gets bigger and bigger with little yeah. notes, <laughs> yeah. notes all over it. And I love the little interaction at the start, um, where what does the dean call her? A script girl. Uh, uh, and then she's like script supervisor he's like oh supervisor girl (laughs) it's like uh, I feel like that's a nice little dig it Um, there are a lot of like vaguely sexist on set roles like best boy and stuff which uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a little dig at that which is awesome I liked it too see Thomas out of all of us knows very well this path into production because he is our <laughs> filmmaking genius here on the website. I've related to this episode a lot, honestly. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah. Well, what do you think was the best in-joke for people who have been involved with film production? Ooh. Um, I, I don't know. Available. I don't know if there's one thing, but I, I love just the general vibe of, like, like, it's just constant scenes of lots of people in the background just standing around. <laughs> and everyone's just standing around all the time. Uh, and I feel like that's just really true and, and accurate. A lot of waiting. Sure. Yeah, and uh, the Dean really goes off the deep end more and more and more. I mean, he's... I think we see sides of the Dean we've never seen before in this show, especially how intense he can get, how fierce he can get. The fact that he like verbally dominates people is something we're not used to seeing at all. He's mm-hmm. usually uh, he, he makes Jeff cry <laughs> <laughs> and not that, because he touched him. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, the two of them arguing is a great scene. Mm-hmm. It, he is still very much in character and the same guy, but just put a totally different vibe and a totally different, you know, yes. <laughs> and way I, for that character to come out. It's great. I just want to add that that scene that they were filming at that point for the commercial, I thought it was actually looking quite, quite great. Uh, like it had Jeff popping out with like the, the smoke and the windmill behind him. And I thought that was an <laughs> amazing shot. I just want to know why the Dean thought he was a good filmmaker. <laughs> why is he so impressed with his own prowess? Has he ever done any sort of production like this? Or he just kind of assumed he would be awesome at it. Well, isn't a community campus just a kind of production in a way? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Aren't we all just players in this thing called Greendale? <laughs> <laughs> and that was our philosophy moment. Thank you. Well, as a licensed uh, philosophy major. <laughs> I like how the Dean uh, uses the PA system to for casting calls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just making great use of the, the utilities he has. And for some reason, he needed someone with asthma for a scene. So... <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the really quick newspapers that were kind of flying on, you know, uh, into the screen let you know that one most of the campus thought you know this is ridiculous at least for a while you know like he's she shuts down classes and suddenly makes this all about this commercial for two weeks like he's drawn everybody into this like some sort of maniacal cult where he's this leader but 
we do see that in the end, they don't really believe in him. Like once he really flips and he says, well, you know, if you don't want to be here, leave. And then they all leave. I thought that was probably the only hokey moment in the whole episode where suddenly he looks up and everybody's gone. It's a very, very like cheesy comedy thing to do and almost, almost ruined that scene. But dang. Didn't really think about it that way, but yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I didn't really I'm, I thought it was funny. Like, I think I'm less of a fan of everything in the episode after that point, actually. Like, my favorite part of the episode is up till then, and then after that, it's kind of, yeah, n- never as funny again for me. No. Uh, yeah. You don't like when Luis Guzman goes into the dean's office and he suddenly is like, what the is that? Oh, that's a possum. <laughs> Once you get to spend time with him, he's like a big gentle rat. <laughs> well, my my one of my favorite Luis Guzman's parts is where he, the look that he gives Abed, saying, "You're supposed to be his friends." Like, how can you let the dean break down like this or something? Yeah, they give him a nice little moment. I, I think, um, I think Thomas is right. It's never quite as funny when it hits that point, only because they have to somehow wrap this episode up and return things to the status quo. Mm-hmm. But um, they give him a nice little moment to actually sort of be. To be somebody who is proud to be from this school. Yeah. yeah. Kind of kind of reminding the Dean why Greendale's special and not. Yeah, I, I like that. I. It's interesting how quickly everybody does kind of realize that they've gone along with a madman and they abandoned him. But the Dean is just he does. He doesn't shock himself out of that moment. He's even more dedicated and that moment where he's showing Louise the commercial and we don't see it. We just hear it. And if you listen to all these sounds, we've got like a TIE fighter going on. We got the Wilhelm scream mm-hmm. uh, and, and the Dean's got his little tented fingers like he's this, uh, you know, maestro who's just, oh, this is my opus. And it's just a pile of crud. You know, yeah, that's uh, he's 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 documented his own insanity and he's made something crazy. Uh, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I, I kind of like where that goes. No, it's not quite as hysterically funny, but we do kind of really go into the Dean and see like what's going to bring him back from the brink. What's going to bring him back from being naked, covered in ashes, doing something to the ice cream machine. That's going to require nozzle cleaning. <laughs> and then, uh, and then he just, he's genuinely sad. And I think, I think this is interesting because you brought up Abed because that Abed, in previous episodes does kind of use the camera as a barrier, you know, like he can film things, but he's not involved. And then this time he becomes involved. He, maybe they don't really belabor that point, but they do show that he realized, yeah, he needs to help his friend out. He needs to, he needs to do something to save not just the Dean, but the school from being embarrassed in this moment. So, you know, good on, good on Abed for putting together a fun little commercial. This is a little bit, gone slightly off track but i i love the that aspect of yeah the documentary makers getting involved and i love when i've seen that happen in other documentaries the one that that most comes to mind i don't know if any of you have seen the jinx the mini series yes. about the murderer robert durst robert durst yeah and in that uh there's an episode where the 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 documentary makers are interviewing this suspected serial killer and uh and he's like they're asking him all these questions and he's like denying everything but then uh he takes a bathroom break and his mic is still on uh and in the bathroom he's like muttering stuff that uh shows his culpability uh and so the documentary makers kind of become unavoidably involved in this situation that they've been making a documentary about. I think that's so mm. cool and interesting. Mm. It's one of the best documentary series ever. It's really good. Cool. Uh, yeah, when uh, when they do bring him back and the Dean kind of goes back to being the Dean and they do a big hugathon. I thought it was kind of... I don't know if this was super intentional, but they're using the season one episode ending happy music we haven't heard it in a long time 
Oh, and I didn't pick up on just that. Kind of, yeah, I just kind of feel like, oh, we're back in season one. Briefly. I don't know. <laughs> Hooray? Question mark? Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Can somebody help me get a live possum out of my office? <laughs> <laughs> Jumping and skittering. <laughs> Poor Dean. Oh, there is a really interesting moment uh, I, I don't want to skip over. When they're doing the sort of the... Um, the confrontation with uh, Luis and the Dean where he calls him out as being ashamed of his school. Mm. And after he leaves and the Dean says, I better, are you still filming? He says, yeah, but try not to address me. I'm not really here. And he says, neither am I. It's like, Oh, that's a, that's a weirdly serious moment for community. It doesn't last long. Yeah, I agree. I, I liked that line, the little exchange quite a bit. Oh, and did any of you get the um, the windmill reference? A little more subtle than Hearts of Darkness, but uh, no. why there's a windmill in it uh, is because of uh, Terry Gilliam's uh, Don Quixote movie that was that one of these absolutely terrible productions. Uh, and there's a documentary about it called Lost in La Mancha. Uh, and yeah, so there's a windmill in that and Don Quixote, of course. And so, yeah. Little reference oh, there. That went cool. so over wow. my head. I was curious about that too. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas. Interesting. And that's a good that's a good one too. Lost in La Mancha. Like, yeah. The whole set like gets washed away in a in a storm and stuff. Aww. It's uh it's awful, but makes you feel like you're not a failure. <laughs> <laughs> did that movie get get made? Did like the production because that movie never came out, did it? Well, like 15 years later, they did something with Adam Driver that actually did come out. Um, really? Yeah, but I think no one cared ultimately, which is like the biggest, like, <laughs> the oh. biggest shame in the end. All this, all this work for decades and yeah, it was just a movie. I was, I was reading up on some lost movies and productions that, you know, got yanked for one, one reason or the other. Uh, most recent being like Batgirl. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I just left. Yeah. I think, uh, oh, man, how horribly depressing would it be to do to be anybody on that movie and be you know, like, oh, I can't wait till this comes out and I can show my family and friends and, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be immortalized in a you know DC Comics movie. And nope, just taking it away from you. That's nobody will ever see that. I'm like, Brandon Fraser was in it. Why would you take it away from me, man? <laughs> uh, it just, yeah, that there's so many stories like that where so much work is poured into something people just never see mm. or it gets lost or what have you. There's a really interesting podcast um, called uh, Best Community 101 Rewatching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just tell everybody what they could be watching or listening to right now. No, our, our sister show. If you check them out, tell them we sent you. Um, no, uh, called Best Movies Never Made, Ooh. which is it's a couple of it's the guys who wrote the Sonic the Hedgehog movie actually, uh, at least one of them, uh, and a few people there interviewing other writers about movies that never made it to or through production. It's a pretty interesting show. They do some really cool stuff and some pretty in-depth stuff, on, like things like Spider-Man. Let's go through all the drafts of Spider-Man stuff that's out there before the Tobey Maguire movie showed up. Mm. It's pretty cool. Ooh. I would be interested in that yeah. for sure. So you said Shirley had a, a few good lines. I just remember the one. Was there any other? Uh, there's another one. Ah, there's at least one more. Oh, I liked her. Um, I guess it's not a, the the joke per se, but her saying that Pierce had the right idea all along. I like the idea that she gets to the point of like, I don't know, Pierce had it figured out, and like, no, <laughs> no, he just bumbled his way into a trailer he's paying for, and slowly loses his mind. I, just, I, I gotta imagine Dan Harmon was just really ticked with Chevy Chase that week and said, "You're just gonna go sit in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll record your lines afterwards. Just go away." Yeah. And I like the way that uh, it's at least once, maybe twice, we've we've cut to him and he's like yelling out his demands, and we just cut away mid sentence, like just cut him off, <laughs> just get back to other things. <laughs> yeah, because of course this is Abed, right? Abed cut this documentary. It's not supposed to be us watching a normal 
community episode. This is something crafted. Yeah, he might even enter it into a few festivals. So that's exciting. (laughs) So, yeah, there was uh, also I liked his little interstitials where he talked, you know, like day one, day two, day three, day 14, whatever. And he has to like how much they're over budget at any point. Mm -hmm. And Mm. it does kind of give it like these little moments of seriousness, like weight to it. And then suddenly we're back in goofy Dean land all over again. But it does. It does feel like a lot of documentaries I've watched where they're taking you through stuff. So, um, yeah. Well, why don't, unless you guys have any oh, more? Oh, there is one more Pierce. Mo- the uh, moment where Pierce uh, <laughs> uh, mistakes Jeff for the dean. <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh, and and Jeff does that little dean wave as oh, well the as little he marches wave. away. That's it's so, so good. perfect. <laughs> Well, Amazing. did you guys notice uh, in Abed's cut of the commercial, they replaced the fax line with internet keyword Greendale? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's an AOL thing, right? Yeah, I was like, oh gosh, that's not even <laughs> up to date. 2011. <laughs> no. Uh, there were the, page. the two men in diapers as well. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we didn't enjoyed, even mention those two. Uh, Annie trying to work out why there are two of them and one's like i'm just a guest of the deans so <laughs> okay go that way that then. happened yeah oh what was oh, um, the things that happened in this episode one thing i didn't understand and i totally forgot to ask us about this at a more relevant time but when he kind of guilts everyone into starring in the commercial at the very beginning of the episode he says that green something like Greendale gives and gives, right? And then looks at them all. And I I just assumed it might be a pretty vague, you know, look, think of all the schools given to you. But was it referencing anything more specific? I had exactly the same thought. No yeah, way. I don't. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, is that what it means? Or Because they played it up like it was a big deal. They cut to everyone looking ashamed. And yeah. I was like, Wait, what, are we, what are we talking about? I was thinking maybe it referenced something in the previous episode that I'd just forgotten. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. wondering. I thought you I thought you were the bigger community nerds and you'd know. I just I assumed it was just a reference to this school took them in when nobody else would and has been a big part of their life and they owe it back to it. I'm satisfied with that answer. I think we I'm unsatisfied, but that's okay. That's what matters really. Catch us where we need well, to. Well, Thomas, go. you are our director, so <laughs> if we need to do another cut of this, we can do. Yeah, it. Yeah, could you do it again? Could you say say those exact words again, both of you? Thank you. <laughs> Even though we're different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking. Well, let's of- go into our report card and talk about what we think of this episode in summary and our final grades for it. So, Al, man, it's it's you're going to start us off because mm. we have missed your melodic voice and we want to hear what you have to say i was really hoping you weren't going to make me start off i really 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 like this episode i think it it like you said it just it, it surprises laughs out of me and that's something that really i feel like it deserves an a in my book just because of the number of times i laughed and just the this sheer off the wallness without Without resorting to, I don't know. I guess it, 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 it is, there's totally a gimmick. I don't know. I, just, I I love so much about this episode, but I also can't help but notice. I do think that the last act of the show is weaker than the rest of it, and part of me can, feels can I like break in? yes. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. I guess we could have asked this question. Do you feel like they could have? stretched on the Dean's insanity and the last act should have been everybody like suddenly realizing he was crazy. Like should a dad have been pretty much near the denouement? I, I feel like the show gets, it, it ends in a way that's kind of schmaltzy and it didn't need to end that way. The ending is fine, but it didn't need to end that way. There was a better ending out there that I could not come up with, but I, I feel like it was there. 
And it's making me feel like I should lower my grade from an A to use one of my pluses to be a B plus. <laughs> but I don't know. I really, really don't know. I'm feeling super torn. He's lording uh, those pluses over us. Can, <laughs> he's been mentioning them from episode one, and we still haven't used one. Have you? I get three a season. I used all three of mine last season. You guys can have them too. <laughs> How many have you Join used me. so far this season? Have you used any? The pluses are plentiful. I've used none. No, I'm still holding on to them. Oh, okay. But, you know, I'm also running out of time. We're already eight episodes in. There's only, what, 20 in this season? So we're coming up on the halfway <laughs> mark. And- you don't want any left over. Exactly, exactly. My my plus fields are plentiful. And I'm going to be like the teacher in Christmas Story. A plus, 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 plus. <laughs> so I'm feeling really, really torn. But I laughed so hard watching this episode today that despite the flaws that I see, I'm giving it an A. I'm going with it. A. Yes. Going with I'm an all a. out of faith. This is how I feel. If you guys went ahead of me and gave it A's, then I'd be comfortable giving it a B plus, but I'm not. So A's. Yes. Done. Sold. Over. All right, Heather. Are you torn? Try not to address me. I'm not really here. (laughs) 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 I'm already torn. Okay, what the heck was I even going to do? Now I'm all distracted. Oh. (laughs) What's going on? Uh, I don't know. Natalie and Brugula, do you know nothing about your Australian culture, son? It's sad, really. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You're not even Australian, are you? We don't don't do Australian stuff here. Latvian. Yeah. Yeah. Austrian. I've been saying Austrian this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, should I continue? Yeah, I'd rather right. start, I guess, I'll allow would be it. correct. <laughs> Just, we're all Googling Natalie and Brugula. Go ahead. Man, I, I, I loved her album. Ahead. Sorry. Um, this, her follow-up was pretty good. I too. didn't check it out. Yeah. It's not too bad. Oh, so um, there's so many really great lines in this episode. Amazing performances, not just a normal, you know, hey, we liked Shirley saying this, or, oh, there's Pierce being Crudgeon. But like the way that Jeff becomes the Dean and the way Dean just completely morphs his character into something we've never seen and Annie slowly losing it. I just thought it was really, really great performances from so many people this episode. And we brought out a lot of the fun side characters, which we talked about magnitude, not Magnum, fat Neil, all those. And let's see, I had one more note here. Oh, look, all the side gags, but I thought about giving it an A+, but I've decided because of the week last part, it's just going to be an A. Thomas, do you feel like you want me to go first, or would you like to go? Uh, I would like you to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's going to go lay back down on his bed. Um, Yeah, it's an A. I, I love this episode. It's a nice palate cleanser. Uh, for the season if you're kind of getting a little too antsy of the usual stuff i i think we've talked in the past like it's always a gamble when an episode really switches up the format and sometimes it can be a bad thing it can especially if they don't really make it land the previous documentary episode i didn't like that much i didn't didn't really like the format i felt like it made it colder more like it was holding the audience farther away. And this one, it seems like it's inviting us to partake right in almost more intimate and more involved in all the madness that's going on. Like we get to be Abed's eyes and ears as we're going through these couple weeks at Greendale. It's um, yeah. The, all these side gags are great. Garrett in the motion capture suit. That's my happy place. Every single time, just, <laughs> just, <laughs> they don't have to use these characters a lot. Just a little bit of Leonard over here, a little bit of Garrett over there, a little bit of Chang even with his weird Russian nesting doll headpieces. He's literally dying under it. He doesn't care. He's dedicated to the role. Uh, it's it's a lot of, you know, bringing out a different side of Jeff, bringing out a different side of the Dean. But one thing I did want to highlight is to say, I think that they also used just the right amount of a guest star. Like this is maybe the first time that they've had a guest star who is 
playing themselves, but in a fictional way. Like we've had Owen Wilson, we've had Jack Black, but they're all playing fictional characters. This is Louise Guzman as Louise Guzman. So it's it's kind of fun. Like they're they're toying around with the guest star in a different way, but they're not doing it like the Simpsons do in every season over the last 20 years where we have a special guest star tonight. They're going to be saying every other line. They're going to be everything the episode's about. Louise doesn't really come until like the last third of the episode. And he gets a, fun, a couple funny lines and he helps the Dean and Abed kind of work through what's going on. Uh, but he doesn't take over the episode, which is probably one of the things I hate about guest stars the most. So they did a really good job just, kind of incorporating him into this. And I think it brings some really nice, um, like it canonizes the fact that Louise Guzman went to community, uh, Greendale community college. So he's not just a statue. He's a man. And we got to know the man tonight. So A's all around. All right, Thomas, you better be ready. Well, we'll see about that. A's all around. Um, yeah, this episode's all right. Uh, it's I, I agree with a lot of what Alan said. Uh the the final section I feel like loses some of the momentum. It's still good. I still like the ending, but uh yeah, it really just stops firing on all cylinders for me in the final third. Uh I also am not really a fan of Arbed in this episode. I mean he's hardly in the episode, we're really just getting his voice a bit, but even his voice, uh, often when we heard him speak, that didn't work for me very well. It sounded like it was recorded later and not actually in the scene. It felt a little bit disjointed. But um, look, the the Dean is the star of this episode and the Dean is my favorite character. And the Dean has a million incredible lines and moments. Uh I love when he says, uh, <laughs> reads from the first draft of the script from the commercial and says, it's like Greendale, but all the students look happy and you can't smell that smell, uh, which <laughs> teaches us a lot about the real Greendale. And uh, and the bit where he's on the phone and <laughs> he says, uh, wowee, a big, real big time celebrity wants to be in my commercial. Uh <clears throat> Wowee, a real big-time celebrity wants to be in my commercial. <laughs> it's just the best. And uh, so I'm definitely giving it an A because it's just the best, actually. Yeah. Clean sweep. He's their, he's their lovable mascot, right? The Dean. He's weird. He's crazy. Sometimes unhinged. But at the end of the day, they all do love him. Oh, speaking of mascot, was the human being not anywhere in the commercial? No, we have that, not seen the human being in a long time. I fi- that's Ooh. a weird omission. Yeah, that's a really weird omission. He we should have get been on... doing that thumbs up thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to worry about that human being. Ooh, well, it's hard to breathe through. <laughs> so, <laughs> could be lying in a shallow grave. We don't wow, Justin. Wow. Just saying, things happen at this college. You don't think so? To a dark place. Man. This is very much like that documentary, The Jinx, and this is how they found out that Robert Durst is a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> what you just said, I'm taking this to the police. If if you guys take nothing away from this episode, it's you should not be listening to this right now. We've given you so many other alternatives, so <laughs> avail yourself of that. Ah. Uh, Anyways, I want to see the Dean's original commercial. I wish I could have seen it, but uh, my imagination will have to suffice. Do we and all agree? Imagination- uh, sorry, do we all agree that the, the the real commercial at the end that Abed edited was worse than the one at the start? Yes. No. Oh yeah. Great. <laughs> it should have just stuck with the original one. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, season something, episode something, documentary something something. And we're just so happy that you were listening with us. Uh, check out our Twitter account, uh, 101 Rewatching, and follow us there. Let us know what you guys think about this. And stay tuned. We've got the rest of Season 3 coming up. And I think we're still talking about doing an interesting Inspector Space Time episode if we get our act together here. So, Unlikely. Yeah. 
Very unlikely. It's okay, Constable Reggie. I believe in you. Sometime, we will make it happen. Don't you mean some... time? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, Ad-lib nasty. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic.